Hello my friends and welcome back to Girls with Grief. I want to start off by saying <laughs> I am so 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 sorry um for not posting last week. Um the last two weeks have been very hectic and <sighs> yes, life life can get in the way of everything. Um Last weekend, we went to the beach. Um, I work in a school, so I had Veterans Day weekend off. And um, we went to the beach for a little getaway. Um, and on the way there, we stopped at my mom's grave. And when I got back, I was just... I mean, I'm in school as well. So I had, I had homework and everything under the sun and I just had no motivation to film and when I was filming I just felt like everything was going wrong well not film but record um so yeah I am so incredibly sorry and like I said I'm in school and the semester is coming to an end within the next week but we also have Thanksgiving and I have my family to go see and my boyfriend's family so it is just a lot and my work is consuming and I'm getting a second job life is crazy and with the things that are going on in today especially like the financial like the economy it is crazy so please bear with me throughout the next few months as I'm wrapping up this semester and I'm getting ready to start my second job it's just a lot um so again I'm very 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 sorry Before we begin, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who's been listening. Um, like I said, it has been a while since I've posted last, and again, I'm so sorry, um, but I do check my ratings, and I check my DMs, and I check everything, and the overwhelming response that I've gotten from these first two episodes have been amazing. Um, I just... I didn't know what to expect when I started this podcast and the love that I have gotten from people that I know and complete strangers on the internet has been amazing. Um, I don't know if I've announced this on here, but I do have an Instagram. It is at girlswithgriefpod. Um, so if you ever want to come on the podcast or want me to share your story or just need somebody to talk to... You are more than welcome to DM me. Um, I do have some DMs right now that I haven't gotten to. Um, like I said, life has been busy. Life has been crazy. Um, so bear with me if I don't respond right away. Um, <clears throat> I am also trying to figure out how to... Um, what's the word? How to figure out how to podcast or how to film people or record people who don't live in my area, um, or even in my state. So yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who's been listening so far. Um, it, I mean, you are amazing, and I just, I feel so blessed and so loved. So thank you. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about kind of like life after death, um, and I've had some people um, who have reached out to me and said that they would really love to hear about the holidays. I um, am going to try to record that 
um, episode within the next few days. Um, but I know that I've been meaning to get this one out, so I'm just going to talk about the life after death, um, of your loved one, um, just because I think that it's very important to talk about. So yeah, let's get into it. So as some of you know, um, my mom passed away in February of 2021. She passed away from her battle, or a battle with glioblastoma, which is a type of brain cancer, um, and honestly, like, to deal with life after death, you have to kind of deal with life before death. <clears throat> when I was going through what I was going through with my mom, it was kind of like an anticipated death. Um, like I've mentioned before, she was diagnosed in October when we had like a whole year and a half with her um, before she passed. And I am so blessed for that time that I had with her because I really did get to experience a lot of things that I know a lot of people aren't able to experience when the death is um, unexpected. So when I officially got told that she had cancer and I kind of figured out the magnitude of it, I did a lot of research and all of these things were coming into my head and I just remember sitting there and thinking, She's not going to be here for when I graduate. Um, I was in community college at the time. I am now at a four-year university finishing up my bachelor's degree. Um, but I was expected to graduate um, the community college in the same like semester-ish that she passed away. And I remember going through that and just you know telling myself, oh, she's not going to be here for my graduations. She's not going to be here for when I get married. She's not going to be here for when I have kids. I mean, all of these big things. And I was just so constantly focused on the big things that the small things kind of just slipped away from me. So when she um, passed away, um, there was a lot of things that started to come up. Um, really the big things that I had been dreading for so long, but a lot of the smaller things were coming up. Um, and I, I mean, it was just very, not unexpected, but I wasn't ready for the things that I got handed when she, when we got told that she was at the end and during the end and after the end. Um, for those of you who don't know and have never experienced um, death in the form of cancer or illness, um, when hospice comes, it's a very traumatic experience for the family, I want to say. Um, there's a lot of times where these nurses were coming in and out, and they had a live-in nurse, um, who would go home at night, and so we would have to take over, and, you know, we were responsible for the morphine and making sure she was comfortable and um, all of these things. And so after she passed um, and in the week that led up to her passing, my dad was alone. And um, me being the only child in the house at the time because my brother lived 3,000 miles away, um, I was expected to do a lot. Um and one of those things was to pick out the clothes that she was going to wear in her casket. 
picking out her final outfit was probably the hardest thing I think I had done within that week. I mean, I had gone through the will and found her DNR papers and all of these other things that, you know, we, you have to make sure you have for when your family members enter, when your family member enters hospice. And my dog, my childhood dog, had recently passed away right before her. She died in February. My dog passed away in November. And we um, decided that we were going to bury my dog's ashes with my mom um, just because they were, like, best friends. And that was what she wanted. And having to give that to the funeral home as well as giving my dog's ashes, that was such a hard thing to do. I mean... I remember sitting there and I was like what if she doesn't like it what if she doesn't want this what is and my you know my dad he was great he was so reassuring he was like you know you know what she likes she would have loved this outfit it's a, he I think he even said like this is such a great outfit because there's a picture of him and her I don't know if it's there like in like Hawaii or in Mexico um or at a wedding but it was this it was the dress that I had picked out and he was like, I love this picture of her, and I love that dress, and he was like, you picked out a great dress, and that was very reassuring, but, you know, having to pick those clothes out for your loved one after they've passed away, and making sure that my mom was such a stylish woman, so making sure that she had a stylish outfit was very hard, and it was very uh, draining. I don't even want to say traumatizing, but, I mean... It is. It is in a way. And I mean, I refused to go to bed that day. That morning she passed away at 2 a.m. And I had been up for almost a full 24 hours. By the time that my dad was like, you're going to bed. I don't want to hear it. He kind of used the dad card on me. And, you know, I refused when I wake up. I was like, is she gone? Like, there's no way. And you start having all these doubts and all these moments where... You kind of, like, make up a reality in your head to where you're like, oh, she's not dead. Like, she ran away. <laughs> like, I remember sitting there holding her hand, getting everybody in the room. I was the one who called the time of death. Um, I mean, everything. And I woke up that morning, three hours later, and I was like, oh, she ran away. Like, she faked her death. <laughs> like, grief can make you go so... And I laugh about it because it's funny now because I know how naive I was. But grief can take you in and make you go crazy. I mean, <laughs> I genuinely believed it for months. I mean, you can ask anybody that I know. I was like, no, my mom, like, ran away. Like, what if I saw her one day in the parking lot, and she ran away, and she faked her death, and it's like a whole movie, and everybody was like, you are so insane. Like, my dad, this is gonna be a little graphic, my dad watched them, like, take her out, and, you know, prepared her casket, and saw her in her casket. Um, she did not have an open casket funeral, so he was, like, one of the only ones to see that. And he was like, Grace, you are insane. He was like, Robin is in that casket. She is not, she has not run away. Like, she is dead. And 
having that reality on top of or like having that imagination and coming up with that reality on top of the actual reality that I was facing with of losing my mom was a really hard time for me after her passing um just because there was a lot of internal battles where I was like I know this reality that I'm creating inside my head is so damaging and is so wrong but it's honestly what helped me get through those first kind of months and weeks um there was a lot of first um I mean there's a lot of first that you're always going to go through with grief and I was telling someone the other day um I think it was in a grief group somebody was like well why does it always seem like the second year is always the hardest after like compared to the first and it came to my realization that it is because you sit there and you prepare yourself for all these first. I mean, I prepared myself for the first birthday. I had taken off of work and I had gone to the lake and I refused to see any of my family um, other than like my boyfriend and his family because I did not want to deal with my family, not in a disrespectful manner, but in a manner that if I had a party or a dinner with them, I would go home and sit in a pit of pity and self, like, just depression, and I would cry, and I would, I mean, it, I mean, it's just hard. My mom and I's birthday is 11 days apart, and coming to that realization that we would never have that, we would always go to, like, the beach or something for our birthdays, um... And so coming to the realization that that would never happen again, especially during the time of my 20th birthday, I was entering my 20s and realizing that I was entering my 20s without my mom and I would never have that experience of going somewhere with my mom again was challenging and it was a struggle and it I still struggle to this day. I mean, going to the beach is hard. That was my mom and I's favorite place and... It's it's exhausting because I think about, you know, how some of my favorite memories of us are at the beach. And, you know, the first holidays came up and we were approaching the second year of holidays. And Thanksgiving is especially a hard one um, because the Thanksgiving of 2020 was the year that, I mean, we didn't have a big Thanksgiving due to COVID. Um... But we had, like, my, it was, like, me, my boyfriend, my mom, my dad, and then I think, like, my grandma and my grandpa. And my mom wasn't, I mean, she had the strength, but she would get tired, and she made sure that that Thanksgiving was just like any other Thanksgiving that we would have had. And I think deep down she knew that it was going to be one of her last, and so... She cooked everything, and, you know, we woke up, and we watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, just like we would always do, and b Christmas music was blasting, and, <sighs> I mean, just the joy that was filled with the holidays, um, it wasn't there anymore, and my dad filled the house with, you know, with our family that first Thanksgiving after her, and 
you know, my dad was like, well, is this right? Did I do this right? You know, would Robin be proud? Would, would your mom be proud? And, you know, having to reassure him and reassure myself and reassure everybody else in the house, it was hard. You know, nobody tells you that. Well, of course they tell you that the holidays are going to be crazy and you're going to be sad and all those firsts are going to be sad, but it's the little things that come with it, such as, well, she knew where all the the pot holders were or, like, the little, like, you know, if you put a pot on the table, sometimes they'll have, like, the little metal holder underneath it to make sure the table doesn't, like, burn. Like, my dad was like, well, where are these? Where are these? Like, where's this? Where's this dish? Where's that dish? Where's the gravy bowl? Where's this? Where's that? And I had to go around and show them because I was the only one that knew besides my mom. And, you know, taking on her role as as the, not ringleader, but like the person who, you know, just double-checked everything. I mean, you just sit there and all you can do is just hope that you know, she would walk through that door and she could have that spot back. And, you know, we had Easter. Um, That was actually one of the first holidays without her. And my aunt was talking and she was like, I set a plate for her. And she was like, I forgot she wasn't going to be here. I forgot she wasn't here and you know counting the plates at Thanksgiving and realizing that you had to put one back because she wasn't there was really hard and I dreaded Christmas and you know I believe in signs and I am a I'm a, I'm a Christian and you know I I believe that anybody has a right to whatever religion they believe in. My mom was Jewish, but I believe that things work out um in ways that they need to work out. And you know, I, I my I was just dreading Christmas. I mean, Easter and Thanksgiving were so hard, let alone Christmas. I mean, my mom and I decorated for Christmas after Halloween and we would buy gingerbread houses and we would make treats and watch the blind side and elf every year while decorating the tree and going around and looking at lights and blaring Christmas music at all times and you know we would make Christmas cards and we had like this ribbon around our door frame where we'd hang Christmas cards up and she was Jewish like I said so we participated in Hanukkah and that time in our house was filled with so much love and light and laughter and I'd love to be like right underneath her during all that and so you know I I, I was telling everybody I said I, I dread it I mean becoming a shell of a person of who I was was already tough enough let alone having to go through our favorite holiday by myself and 
like two days before Christmas, um, my boyfriend tested positive for COVID and I got a stomach bug. So we were stuck inside for Christmas. Um, and I think it's, it was a sign from my mom or from God or somebody saying I needed that break because I had been filling my life with so much sadness about the holidays, which is acceptable, but I wasn't allowing myself to grieve properly and have that time properly and doing all of that. And it was just, I mean, it was relaxing to be able to lay in bed and watch non-Christmas movies and have my boyfriend's mom bring all of our presents to our front door and hurt them standing outside while we opened presents inside and just doing that but then not having to worry about you know seeing all the rest of the family and doing everything else I mean it was relieving honestly but as we approach our second Christmas this will be the first Christmas that I will see all my family hopefully um and my mom won't be there and you know there's spots that she would sit in or things that she would do and I always like to leave a spot open even though that spot will never be filled again I like to I like to leave it Because who knows? Who knows what the afterlife is like? And she could be sitting right there with us. <sighs> then the second year hit, and this year has been tough, you guys. <sighs> the amount of ups and downs I've had with this grief is deafening and it's crazy and it's tiring and everything and I know this episode is life after death but these things deal with life after death and you know the second year I think we have to deal with realizing that this is our forever. This loss is permanent. And learning how to live with this loss is something that you have to do. Because I could sit there all day and, you know, tell myself, oh, she ran away. She faked her death, but... I could, you know, n no matter what, I know deep down that she is gone. And, you know, I could see her in the butterflies and I could see her in the flowers. And I see her in the birds. But it's not the same. And it's just crazy. 
grief is crazy and there's days where all I want to do is cry and then there are days where all I want to do is be happy and feel okay and having to come to terms with that being the rest of my life is a very hard thing to do. You know, you don't ask for this kind of life and you don't ask for this kind of experience, especially at a young age, but the world hands it to you for a reason and you have to deal with it. So, <laughs> I mean, there's so much more to learn about how to live life after the death of your loved one and everybody's experience is not the same, but grief is something that everybody will know and grief is something that everybody will experience at some point in their life and you know it's funny I I tell my boyfriend I said my relationship with death is so weird some days I think it's such a beautiful thing because you know you live and you die and you move on and you know, you think about the person's life and think about how happy they were. And, you know, I, I think about how lucky I was to experience life with my mom. I think about how lucky I was to know her story and to get to fill, you know, 17 years of my life with her. But then there's days where death scares me because I have no idea what's next I mean religiously I have an idea but you know there's no way of telling if my mom is okay I, I, I believe she's okay but like I said there's no sure way of telling and I mean it's scary because I think about you know I think about my dad dying and my family dying and my boyfriend or my brother or heck even my own dog dying and I think about how if a if a death like that were to approach me how I would be able to take it and I don't think I'd be able to take it very well um I think that's another big thing that comes with life after death is preparing yourself for the next one Preparing yourself for who or what is going to die next. And there's days where if I don't hear from my dad, I'm like, Ugh, okay, well, he's fine. He's probably just busy. But then there's other days where I panic because I'm like, okay, what if what if he's dead? What if, you know, like, what if he's by himself and I didn't get to tell him goodbye? And all of these things and this anxiety that comes with it is is what is the word suffocating and dealing with the traumas that come with it the dreams that come with it the questions that you have I mean I think I asked my mom all the questions that I could before she passed and you know like I said I'm so grateful for that because I know some people are not as lucky but there's some days where I'm like oh my god like did she even like me <laughs> Oh, I didn't ask her this, and that anxiety and that fear that comes with death and grief is 
suffocating. I mean, that's the best word I can use for it. But if I've learned one thing from all of this, that through the good and the bad and the tears and the smiles and the laughs and headaches and everything else, it's that, you know, you we're not alone in this. I'm in so many grief groups on Facebook. I mean, half my feed is grief. And it's refreshing to know that I'm not alone. It's refreshing to know that somebody is going through the same thing. It's a shitty thing. It's a real shitty thing. But knowing that somebody else is going through it, it makes you, I mean, it makes it a little less shitty. Because grief can be so lonely and silencing and everything under the sun. Grief can consume you from the inside out and makes you a shell of the person you used to be and Learning how to get that spark and learning how to get that person back is such a hard thing and is a battle that I face every day. And learning that I will never be the person that I was before my mother passed and before my mom got sick is something that I am learning. Because on top of grieving my mom, I'm grieving myself. But it's good to know I'm not alone. So, to anyone who's listening, know you're not alone. Grief comes in many ways, and it's valid. I had somebody tell me, well, I've never experienced grief, so I just don't feel like I could listen to this podcast, and I told them anybody could listen, because one day you might need this. One day you might need To listen to somebody going through something the same as you. And I have so many people reaching out to me and saying, can I be on the podcast? Can I be on the podcast? Yes, please, please, please reach out to me. Because this space is meant for people who are grieving in any type of way to come and talk about it. And to feel safe and to cry and to get those feelings out because grief is a battle and is a monster. And fighting it off alone is not good. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your mental health, it's not good for anything. So, thank you everyone for listening. Um, I know these can be a little sporadic and I can get off track very easily. So thank you for staying with me and sticking with me. (sighs) This... 
this podcast has become a form of therapy for me and it's been so great and I just love you all and ugh, you make me so happy. Um, I would like to give a little sneak peek of what is coming next. So within the next few episodes, um, I will be talking about the holidays. That episode should be out coming. Um, I'm going to try to make it come out Thanksgiving. Um, it's currently Sunday, um, the, th- the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So I'm going to try to have this up and running um, Wednesday morning. Um, like the, the, the holiday podcast episode or the holiday episode um, up and going on Wednesday. This should be up and going by tonight, this episode. Um, and then after that, um, I think, yes, 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 sorry, my brain goes crazy. Um, I think I will have my first guest. Um, she will be talking about miscarriage, um, grief, and then, um, the next few guests I have that I've reached out, um, one is a palliative nurse, um, and then another one has lost their grandmother, unfortunately. So, you'll not only be hearing from me soon, but from other people. Um, again, my Instagram is at girlswithgriefpod. That is girlswithgriefpod. Pod. You can reach out um, anytime that you would like, whether that is for... You know, if you want to be on the podcast or if you want to just talk to somebody. Um, if I get enough people who reach out to me and say, I would really love a support group. I will make that happen. So, as of right now, I want you to know that you are loved. You are valid. And I'm so glad you're here.